Coming to you from the DTC. This is Ocean Drives with Jeffrey Herbert. It's sad, but I'd rather sleep in a car bed. Graham Briggs. What am I supposed to say? Stop making fun of my notes? And now your host, Jeffrey Herbert. Hey, gearheads. Welcome to another episode of OCN Drives. I'm Jeff Herbert. I'm Graham Briggs. And today we have an extra special guest. Mike, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, g'day, everybody. I'm Mike. I was uh, born and raised in Australia and now live here in the U.S. And uh, hey, I'm here to talk about Australian cars. Yes. On that note, this episode is titled The Sazi Aussie. And like Mike said, we're going to take a deep dive into car culture down under. But first, a message from our sponsors. Uh, not only is this podcast brought to you by Our Community Now, it's also sponsored by the annual Family Fest uh, in Denver. It's Denver's largest family festival taking place at the National Western Complex Saturday, February 22nd at 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, come take selfies with Clifford. Uh, there are lots of free kids activities, vendors, prizes, stage presentations, and more. Kids are free. Adults are $10. Uh, but... Uh, Get tickets for 5 bucks by purchasing online and using uh, promo code OCNHEF at checkout. Uh, just go to eventbrite.com uh, and search Family Fest to get your tickets today. Act now. The day of the event, um, tickets go up to $15. Uh, so Family Fest is fun for the entire family, kind of like this podcast. Yes, we're family fun. And uh, just be sure to subscribe to our channel. Ring the bell to get notified of our latest videos. Uh, you'll have the option to be notified of occasional videos or all the videos. Um, if you have, uh, if you're on your phone, make sure that you go into the settings and switch on notifications. All right, mate. Let's get cracking. Let's do let's it. Do it. Uh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he goes. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I should point out that uh, my good friend Jeff here has uh, a VB in front of him. Mm. Um, so, not talking about cars for a second. The uh, the, the iconic beer from Australia, I'd almost say, is is a VB. Is there would, is there two beers? I mean, obviously, we all know that well, Foster's is not. Yeah, okay. So Foster's beer. is not even made in Australia anymore. We got right. so sick of it, we shipped it out. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, the other the other big one down there is Carlton. Carlton Cold. Right. Okay. Um, so, but for for me at least, growing up as a kid and, and watching all the adults drink beer, it was it was always the the famous watching brown the and adults gr- drink beer. Yeah, yeah you know, because I didn't drink beer before <laughs> I was eighteen. And, you know all that. Um, but the bra- the brown bottle with the green label that's yep. that's it's always been the thing. I would be willing to bet that there were many of these stubbies consumed in many garages. Yeah. In most With, parts of Australia. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So if you're working on your car in Australia, you're likely doing it with a VB at your side. Absolutely. Delicious. All right, Mike. Well, I just want to thank you for coming onto the show um, and giving us a pretty, uh, how do I say, an insider's mm-hmm. perspective on Australian car culture. Uh, because as you mentioned earlier, you're from Australia. Australia. Australia, mate. And, um, yeah, and how, how long were you there for? So I was uh, I was born and raised there. I was there till I was nineteen, okay. and then I moved over to the uh, the wonderful U.S. of A. Although I did learn that you uh, speaking of drinking, you you go from being legally allowed to drink to not being allowed to drink yeah. again when you move at nineteen. <laughs> right. So bad decision on my part of the, on that side of things. But no, I um, I wanted to to leave and and go live in another country for a, a couple of years was the original plan. Uh, had a bunch of friends that lived in England and, and places like that and mm. said it was a good experience. So, uh, yeah, I left when I was 19, came here, and, and then just never left. You know, wife, kid, the normal story. So, Gotcha, man. Yeah. Cool. Well, it sounds like you've spent some time um, 
being a hooligan <laughs> and an irresponsible <laughs> adolescent a in hoon. Australia. A, a hoon, hoon, as they say. Yep, a bit yep. of a hoon. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, for all of our curious listeners, would, how do you, how do you um, go about getting a driver's license in Australia? Because I know there are more hoops to jump through than there are here in the States. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a different process here in the States. I drove around the block and the guy was like, Oh, you're good. (laughs) And uh, and away I went. But uh, no, in Australia, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more complicated than that. So you can get your, your learner's permit when you're 16, uh, unless you have like some real reason you live really or something like that to get Mm -hmm. it earlier. Uh, and then you've got essentially two years to learn. Now you could get it later than that if you wanted to, but you can start at 16, which obviously 16 in one day, I was off getting my, uh, my learner's permit. So then um, you have plates that you put on your car. And now I know mm-hmm. there's going to be some Aussies that will listen to this and be like, that's not the way it is anymore. It's been 15 <laughs> years. Give me a break. Um, but back when I was learning, you, you had a learner's permit. And then you had to have L plates on your car mm. to signify that you were a driver that is learning. Uh, so it would be a, a very big yellow square and then a, a black L. And uh, you'd stick that up on your window, and then it would uh, cause all the other drivers to be very angry with you because they just assume if you've got an L plate on your car, you can't drive. Um, So then uh, you turn 18, you go take your test. Now, here's the thing. We have driving schools in Australia like you guys do. Mm -hmm. Driving schools here, as far as I understand, teach you how to drive. Would that be correct? I mean, mm-hmm. I believe that is the purpose. I mean, <laughs> I mean they don't but just teach you how to drive. They teach you a lot of it is just all the rules and blah, right. blah, 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 blah. So the whole point, in, in my opinion, the whole point of a driving school in Australia, uh, assuming that you know the basics of driving, is how to pass the test. Mm. So uh, when I went to driving school, my parents sent me. I've been driving since I was about nine. Uh, grew up on a farm. Right. Uh, we had plenty of cars. The first one was a 71 Datsun. Best car in the world. Dotson runs great. Uh, hey, that thing ran on three cylinders for years, man. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, I could already drive, and I was actually pretty good with my uh, you know, peripherals and making sure I was safe on the road. But um, I, there's no way I would have passed the test if I didn't take this driving course. So they just teach you all the things that they're looking for to make sure that you don't get marked down and, and, uh, and, and not pass the test. Uh, so one of the biggest things is mirrors. Uh, so okay. if you're not checking your mirrors every like seven seconds or whatever it is, they... Uh, they'll fail you. If you can't parallel park, they'll fail you. Uh, if you don't stop at a stop sign and then creep forward to actually see the traffic, you'll fail. Uh, and any one of those things, just one nick and that's it. Mm. You've got to go take your test again in like 30 days or something. So um, super, super, super difficult tests. Um, I, According to the guy that did my test when I got my license, said that I, uh, I did very well. Uh, but I still got five marks for not checking my mirrors. And I Ooh. thought I checked my mirrors about every five seconds. So um, maybe he just needed to get me for something. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, plenty of, plenty of mates down in Australia that didn't pass the first time and then ended up going to one of those driving schools to figure out the little tricks of the trade sure. to, to get you passed. So it's, it's not easy. And then the great thing is, after all of that, uh, once you actually get your license, the first three years you're a probationary driver. Hmm. And so now this is what's changed. I know the colors of the plates have changed now, but back when I was doing it for the three years, you had a red plate with a white P and it's different by state actually, I think as well. Um, but yeah, so then I had P plates and that's like cop magnet, right? So if you've got, right. if you've got the P plate, plus you've got even just an exhaust on your car, that's it. You're probably getting pulled <laughs> over and the cops can pull you over for no reason there. Right. Just right. do a random breath test or whatever. And then the other thing is you can't have any alcohol in your system, 0.0 for the first three years of your license. And then after that, it's 0.05. 
Huh. Interesting. That sounds very not Australian. Yeah, no, right? <clears throat> pretty pretty but tight around it makes that one. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, and, and it's, we have very safe roads for that right. reason. Yeah. And that was going to be my next question. Do you think um, that all of these uh, things result in better drivers? Would you say Australians <laughs> are generally better drivers better, than better Americans? Better drivers might be a stretch. Um, no, they, I <laughs> Safer, think, Yeah, perhaps? I, th- I think ultimately you're safer on the roads. Um, obviously, there's less people in Australia by a lot. Right. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a, an odd comparison to the US. But yeah, ultimately, I think you're a bit safer on the road. Um, you wouldn't dare drink and drive in Australia. Right. Um, especially, you know, Friday, Saturday night. Uh, there's not a chance that you would make it anywhere without going through a booze bus. Uh, a roadblock, <laughs> nice. as you call it. Yes, um, and then and then if you try and duck around the booze bus, uh, there'll be a cop sitting in the side street, and he'll pull you over and breathalyze you. Mm. So, um, dr- drunk driving in Australia is a, a very, um, I mean, it's not unheard of. You know, obviously people right. still get DUIs and all that sort of stuff, but um, it, it's it's much more reduced than what goes on here in the US. Is it more taboo? It's more like a bigger thing like if you actually do it like the the consequences are much larger yeah um yeah i mean you know what what you guys sort of get the first time you get a dui here even if it's uh, you know you're only a couple of dots over Mm -hmm. um compared to australia i mean if if you're a 0.1 or a 0.01 over uh it's the same consequence um uh, you know obviously if you're up at like 4.0 or something right well you're probably dead at that point um, (laughs) we're close to it but but you know what i mean like if it's if it's really bad then there's there's additional consequences but um yeah i mean just being 0.01 over um that they will write you a ticket every time and and take your license away so it's uh, it's it's interesting uh but like i said it it keeps the road safer and and i for not for one second did i ever think about having a drink and driving because i just assumed i'd get busted and then you lost your license for a year by default yeah Definitely. Well, since uh, we were talking license, let's move into like your cars that you had while you were in Australia. Uh, that's there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> what, what was like? What are some that you can just rattle off and then give us like a list of like your top? Three. Well, obviously right, so the Datsun yeah, that so runs the on three 70, cylinders. Seventy-one Datsun. <laughs> yeah. Um, my uh, my cousin drove that into the the dam one day. Ooh. Um, so <laughs> we went got, we went got the tractor and dragged it out, and cleaned it all out, and uh, and for some reason we could never get the fourth cylinder to fire anymore. Interesting. <laughs> Water or something. Um, yeah. Apparently, water and engines don't mix. But uh, that was that was by far the most bulletproof car we had. That thing went in the river a few times, actually. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> when I was learning, I was learning on an '86 Corolla, mm-hmm. and uh, and that thing got um, a sound system in it that was so big that by the time I got to where I was going, the battery was dead. Perfect, <laughs> excellent. Um, so that was a fun game, and uh, that. Same car had so, sort of similar issues. It had a car. It was a carby engine. That was where I learned mm. about carbureted yeah. engines. Mm-hmm. And, um, had to do the carby on that thing like three times, and, and then we decided we're just going to chop the exhaust out and let that thing run without an exhaust. <laughs> and that was a good fun one. Uh, yeah, but that I, was the learning car, right? So it didn't go on the on the main roads all that okay. often. Um, and then my my ultimate favorite car that I I, uh, I put a lot of time and effort into was a, a Commodore. So a Holden Commodore. Ooh. I had a VS Commodore. Mm. And uh, I bought that thing, and within about two weeks, the entire block was torn out, transmission was <laughs> torn out, uh, redid the whole exhaust custom, had a, a friend of mine that had a mandrel bender in his shop, so he bent oh, it all cool. up for me. Um, and then we put the supercharged V6 into it, and then mm. switched it out for a manual transmission. Note to self, when you switch out a manual transmission, uh, do that before you do the sound system, because yeah. I used the clutch hole oh. for all of my uh, zero-gauge wiring for the sound system, and then had to redo all that, because... <laughs> You know, you need to clutch hole for a clutch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was—I I mean, that was—that was the car. That was the one that I took to Summonats and Easternats. 
Um, I won a couple of uh, statewide sound off competitions with the sound system I had in that one. There was four 18s in the Ooh. back of that thing. Dang. Commodore's had big loud. trunks, man. Yeah. You can you can fit a lot in the boot in those yeah. things. Um, but that was that was my ultimate favorite car. And then <clears throat> in the family, we we were very much a Holden family. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dad drove uh, Caprices a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. like what the the Prime Minister rides around yeah. in, and and really really souped up nice version of a Commodore. That was where I got the idea about the supercharger. He had one of those. I had a supercharger Ooh, V6. Nice. Really yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, there was a couple of others. It was like we had a Peugeot uh, at one point. Um, we had, what was that thing? A Toyota Echo. Have you ever seen those things? So my sister drove that car 250,000 kilometers with wow. just oil changes. So for the fact Sounds that like I hated that stupid car... Um, they're incredibly reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then and then you know I was a Holden guy, right? So so you don't you don't cross over, right? If you like Holden, you don't touch Fords. You you despise Fords. If you're a Ford guy, you never touch a Holden. Um, so I was I was always into Holdens. Um, I had a an Escort at one point. That was a Ford. Um, hated that thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I just I I'd come across cars and I'd have them for like a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, a mate of mine would be like, I'm trying to get rid of this thing. And I'm like, oh, I got some cash. I'll buy it off you. And then I look at it like three weeks later and go, why did I buy this thing? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, you name it. I probably had it right. in my garage at some point. Well, in full disclosure, Mike is a car guy through and through. He's right. not just your typical Aussie in that. I don't think Aussies buy and sell cars as often as you do. Do no, they, probably not. Although I, I, yeah, no, I had mates that would would buy them and sell them once. Like they, they, you know how people flip houses? They would yeah. flip cars. Flip cars, yeah. Yeah. So um, sometimes literally, and and a lot of <laughs> Japanese cars. You know, like we have like the original out of Japan Skylines down oh, there and yes. stuff. Um, so you know, there's there's guys that would get stuck on a particular um, style of car or, yep. or model of car, and they would just they'd start overhauling him and flipping him and overhauling and flipping Would you say that a lot of it is like a majority of people work on their cars if they have a car in Australia, at least? Like, (laughs) or even just like, how about this? Like, I bet in the United States, you'd probably find, I would say probably 60, 70% of the people probably get oil changes instead Mm -hmm. of doing an oil change themselves. Yeah, so, so, I mean, it's it's been 15 years, right? So many things have changed. Uh, But when I was down there, it was... At least in my circle, it was very, very uncommon to pay someone to do a right to work, uh, flush a radiator, yeah. any of that sort of stuff. Right. Transmission service, uh, almost all of that was was done by uh, by me and my mates. Uh, and if you didn't know how to do it, then it was probably in my garage, right? Um, or so you'd find someone, yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah. you'd find someone that has yeah. a garage or knows what they're doing. Yeah, it's very, very rare to take a, a vehicle in for something as simple as as maintenance. Um, that being said, it, you know things have changed. Um, you know, I own a Volkswagen Golf here now, and every time you change the oil, you've got to re- buy a new plug. Yep. Um, so there's probably <laughs> a lot of stuff like that that, um, you know, just just drives people away from doing that nowadays. And maybe it's, you know, cheaper to get oil changes, um, you know, at the shop now. Uh, but even me, myself, now not with the Golf, but every other car that we own, I still do my own oil changes here. And and people look at me really strangely when I do it. Really? Well, because oh. I'm out in my garage, and I'm under the car, and and and... You know, at least I live in suburbia, so mm. you get the people that are just like, "Why aren't you taking it to the shop for that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Because it's like a quarter of the price to do it myself." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say in generality, Australians are, are much more prone to work on their vehicle themselves before they take it to a shop. Because I know there's definitely a hot rod culture in Australia. Well, not hot rod per se, but a 
a modif- car modification yeah, culture. Yeah, like tuner, mono Tun- stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. making things go stupid fast. Yep. Which I know you mentioned earlier, your Commodore, uh, you'd done some work to it. Um, and tell me about how law enforcement reacted to that. Yeah, um, <laughs> not great. <laughs> Um, so, so the, the, pretty much the whole time that I, I finally had my license to when I moved here, I lived in the same house. Um, and so I would drive about an hour and 15 minutes each way to work. And it got to the point where a week would go by and then I would get pulled over by the same cop oh, every time. <laughs> I'm assuming it was just his shift lined up with my driving habits or something. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so I would, I would get pulled over once, uh, once, twice, sometimes three times a month. And uh, the officer knew my name, and he'd walk up, and he'd go, Hey, Michael, mate, uh, what'd you do to the car this week? <laughs> and I'd be like, uh, nothing, because I haven't even had time to put the stuff back on that you made me take off last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's especially when you're on your P-plates, um, you can't have a turbocharged engine. Um, really? I don't think you could even have a V8. That might have changed now. Um, but yeah, you couldn't have. It had to be naturally aspirated. Wow. Um, you couldn't have a V8. Um, it was it was very very strict. Mm. And if you had a manual vehicle, but you didn't have a manual license, uh, then you couldn't drive a manual vehicle. Ooh. I think oh, that's still really? the case. Yep. So you you when you go to do your license, you do either automatic or manual. Hmm. Uh, and if you didn't do manual, wait, you, you can't do both. You can't be like well, I can drive both. Obviously, if I can drive a manual, I can drive. An, well, I'd hope you could drive an auto. That's um, <laughs> that's my point. Is like so. Okay, so you're just trying to say like the manual you needed to take something on a test or something. You just to, you would have to test in a manual gotcha, vehicle. Gotcha. Yep. Um, oh, and that's the I guess that's the other things. The reason you want to go with a um, uh, you know like a, a driving t- um, teaching someone that teaches you to drive is you test in their vehicle. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I went with someone that had a manual vehicle and then I went and did my test in their mm. vehicle mm-hmm. with a manual. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's the other, so they, they check all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, so they pull me over and, and I'd get what they call a canary. Um, so it's a, a bright yellow sticker that they stick on your window. <laughs> um, I don't understand what they stick it on there with because it is the most impossible thing to get off your window. Um, you try and tear it off and there'll be a nice yellow strip there that mm-hmm. shows that you try to tear it off. Um, so some magical glue or something that the shops apparently had to get it off, but you would essentially have to take everything off the vehicle that was illegal or that was sighted on that canary and then take it to a roadworthy inspection place. Uh, and they would go over the entire vehicle. And if they find anything else that the cop didn't even find, then you have to do that as well. Um, put it all back to stock, um, take it down to the roadworthy office, show them that you got the certificate that says you took it all off get your registration back and then do it all again when the cops pull me over the next time. Um, so eventually I got to know them pretty well. Um, they'd overlook a few things. I had um, obviously the custom exhaust on that and I would never pull that off. Yeah. Um, I'd do everything else. And then, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a fun game, um, you know, convincing them to just let me off uh, versus convincing the guy at the roadworthy place that no, that's supposed to be there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then get canaries removed and put back on and removed and, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting couple of years there with, with the, with the cops in my area. <laughs> Definitely. Well then, um, since we're still talking about your time when you lived in Australia, um, you know, growing up, we all kind of have these cars that we lust after and dream about. Um, what about you when you were a kid? What if you had unlimited dollary dues? What would you have bought? Unlimited dollary dues. Well, actually it's funny. Um, it, you know, it obviously changes. It changes Australian over the years. For money. Um, I think, I think once I got to a point where I was actually driving vehicles and, and sort of understood uh, how to tear them apart and put it back together again, 
um, I was I was really into the sort of the Japanese scene, mm-hmm. um, and actually the car that I would probably go back to immediately if I went back there and, and had some cash to do it uh, would be the car that a mate of mine had, and that was an R thirty two Skyline. Oh, cool! Um, so he quick story about this one. So he found this R thirty two Skyline outside this shop that we went to one day to pick up something completely different. And it was just sitting out there and he was like, mate, what's up with that car out there? And he's like, oh, the kid bought an eBay turbo, put it on there, took it out the first night and blew the entire engine. Oh, man. Um, idiot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he was, like, he was like, what's it sitting there for? He's like, oh, the kid just wants me to see if I could sell it for him. And so, um, you know, I turned to my mate and I was like, listen, we can probably buy this thing for dirt cheap, get a crate engine shipped in from Japan, uh, put all this thing back together again and have you a badass skyline um for well under value and then um you know just maintain it and then and whatnot so funny story he lives in the u.s now so he sold that thing and uh and doubled his money on it oh yeah that's just gonna say Um, easily so yeah so anyway we we did that exact thing he bought that off that guy for an amazing price we shipped an engine in um put it in over a weekend and a large amount of vbs and uh (laughs) put it all back together again and he had himself a, a twin turbo v6 it was probably one of the most incredible cars i've ever driven um, super awesome power. Um, what, you've probably picked up. Take by it now. as a manual, likely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And then I was, you know, you and me, I was in, in really into sound systems and stuff. So we we put some pretty decent sound into that thing as well. But um, oh, we want to Josh see wants face. to see our he faces. Wants to see my face. That's bad. That's funny, Josh, because you told us we had faces for radio earlier. <laughs> Yeah, he told, yeah. He told us, Jeff. The, gr- the great the thing is no one can hear Josh, so we're just having this conversation with ourselves, which is... Uh, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for us anyway. <laughs> we'll put subtitles in for... Definitely. So I, well, I want to go back to the Skyline for a minute. You did uh, confirm that it is a manual, and I have to ask you, I've, I've been to Australia a handful of times, and it's been a while, but if I remember correctly, the shift pattern is the same, Correct. As, as, as our right-hand drive manual car. So first I is still mean, all the first. way over to the left and up. I, th- I think that's right. Man, it's been years. I think that's right. Um, but I know there was some big changes when they brought them over to the U.S. Obviously, they converted them to yeah, they the got, other it, side it, of the yeah, vehicle. Yeah. But I thought they changed some other stuff as well that really upset people, and that's why the Australian ones were so sought after because they're mm. the correct side drive. They had all of the Japanese parts in them. Um, I thought there was something, and, and this is, I'll have to look this up later. There was something about bringing him into the U.S. where the U.S. was like, no, you've got to change this and this and this and this. Oh. It's something also, I think, with the front and the rear bumpers, which is typically what happens with cars that they're trying to bring into the United States is there's certain, they have to have certain, like, between that and the chassis and that and the engine, it's like a big thing for U.S. And a lot of cars during the 80s and 90s did not... A lot of the Japanese uh, cars did not fit that spec. Um, Is that crash test rating stuff? Yeah, it's crash test rating stuff. So, like, it's certain things like Ferraris were really big for this, like, Mm -hmm. especially sports cars, because they they only had so much room between that and the engine, and they had to add these, you know, beefier, you know, bumpers on them um, to give a little bit more room and a little bit better crash rating. So, that's. Now you can just bring in cars, at least they have to be like 25 years or older to be on the classic car. And if they meet that standard, then you can bring them in no matter what. They don't have to meet any standards or any of that because it's a classic car. I think there's actually three exceptions. One is the classic vehicle Mm -hmm. exception that you mentioned. The other is an ultra small manufacturer. That's true. Yep. Or something. I'm not familiar with that one. And then also kit cars. 
True. I think right. they yep, can yep, you're right. get away yep, with it yep, yep. somehow too. Um, all right. So we do think it is the shift pattern is still the same. I think the clutch and the gas are still in the same orientation. It's yes, just that's, yep. you're on just on the wrong side of the car. Well, it, well, actually, we're we're technically on the right actually, side. Actually, you're, <laughs> you're technically on. <laughs> Technically, yes, he is on the right side. Right, right, right. It is the right incorrect or right is in position. My, <laughs> my thing is, though, is manual. Like, I could, I don't know if I could ever drive a manual with a left hand. You know, I, I just I, be so, it would just feel so. I said the same thing. Um, but when, when you go to the arcade in, in, in Australia, yeah. the, the Daytona <laughs> racing game, oh, yeah. the uh-huh. shift is on the American side. See, and I used to always complain Hell about yeah, that. Brother. But then I, but then I realized that it was just preparing me for moving to the U.S. Yeah, exactly. That uh, I would be comfortable was, with shifting on that side. It was all part of our plan. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier than you think. Um, like you said, the shift pattern up to the left yeah. um, is it, none of that changes. Um, it's literally just the hand that you're doing it with, and then obviously the side of the vehicle that you're sitting on. Um, so it's a lot easier to adjust. The thing that the hardest thing to adjust for me was making turns. Mm, mm-hmm. So you'd be driving down the road, no problem at all. I'd be on the right hand side of the road or left hand side of the road, depending on which country I'm in. Mm-hmm. But the moment I come up to an intersection, all logic would go out of my head, and <laughs> I would just naturally turn onto the wrong side of the road, and then go, "Oh crap, I'm about to run into oncoming traffic." <laughs> um, so, and then That's that was that was no, mostly sleep and stuff. So when I first moved here, I was doing a lot of DJ gigs and, and traveling a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'd find driving home at four o'clock in the morning, you you just naturally. Good thing there's no cars on the road, <laughs> right? But you'd sort of naturally turn back onto the side of the road, and then you'd go, "Oh wait, I'm in the wrong country." Um, but yeah, shifting shifting and moving side of the vehicles was was a couple of days of, of getting a comfort level. But um, just remember which side of the road to drive on when you come into an intersection that was that was a couple of yeah. months before I got into that one so Josh is asking opposite right so what Josh is asking is is that the you know the unwritten traffic rules the same um, and it's so it's the opposite in Australia so the the fast lane if you will uh, would be the right hand lane uh, and then the slow lane would be the left hand lane because you exit the opposite side of the road <clears throat> so that's different um, Almost everything else is the same. We have almost all the same. So I didn't know what the heck a four-way stop was before I moved here. Mm. And uh, and then we got up to it, and uh, and I was like, so so how does this work? And they're like, well, whoever gets here first goes first. And I was like, okay, but um, why don't you just put a roundabout in? And someone's, yeah. someone said to me, oh, well, um, Coloradans at least don't know how to use roundabouts. Uh, and I learned that over the years. There was a, a hospital I used to visit, see a friend a lot, and there was a big old boy, big boy roundabout there, and, and it was a two-lane roundabout, and people could just not oh, God, figure yeah. it yeah. out. Um, <laughs> and I used to go through four- and five-lane roundabouts in Australia. Um, so it was, it was interesting to me that, that you guys had four-way stops and, and we used roundabouts, and, and if you brought Australian up to a four-way stop, they wouldn't have a clue what to do. <laughs> uh, and same thing, you bring an, apparently a Colorado or American up to a, a roundabout, and they don't know what to do. So. Or worse, a Melbourne hook turn. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I, I was I was born in Melbourne. Um, so that's on the on the southeast coast uh, in Victoria, and uh, yeah, in the city they have things called hook turns. And I'm not even going to try and explain it without being able to draw a picture. Um, but essentially, you turn right from the left hand side of the road. <laughs> Uh, is how I'll explain it. So uh, go ahead and Google that one later and look up a. a I'm sure turn. there's a good video mm-hmm. yeah. of somebody there's, doing There's got to be great videos. Um, it, 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 if people do it right, it is actually a very, very good uh, way of, um, of easing traffic mm-hmm. uh, at, at intersections downtown. Um, but it's it's horrible when people don't know what they're doing. In Michigan, we call them Michigan lefts because you don't turn a lot of like uh, 
country roads or Michigan highways don't have a left-hand turn so because they want to get traffic going so you have to go you can't like turn on a left you have to go up you have to turn around make a u-turn to get onto the other side to then to then make a right mm. so you actually make a right to make a left in michigan but you have to do a u-turn to get to it yeah so you so like say say like you're going this way and this is the road that you want to get to uh-huh. um this is great for our audio yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch our YouTube, all right? Um, <laughs> but you're trying to, so you're going this way. It's a t- two lane, high, so you have to go up. You have to turn onto this lane to then come back towards it and then take a right. And then take your right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see how that. It's even interesting here in the United States. I don't States. see how that well, makes things more efficient, though. Let's just say this. We all know that roundabouts are the most efficient way um, to actually have an intersection. They're actually the quickest and are the safest. The problem is that you have to have people that know what to do. On <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, the, although I've been seeing more and more roundabouts being put in at, like, new communities and new places. Yeah, that, there's, yeah. like, three up by Golden. Yeah. Kind of fun to kind of Stapleton has a bunch of them, too. So, but, I guess yeah, I guess we'll learn over time. We, yes. we as Americans, <laughs> will learn over time. Right. All right. So, Mike, uh, you told us a little bit about when you came to the States getting used to driving on the correct side of the road, and I say correct <laughs> because the majority of countries drive on our side, not to mention... Is that correct? I don't know it if is. that's correct. I would, I would be willing to bet that the majority of countries in the world drive on the right side of the car, right side of the road, left side of the car. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go look that up now. I thought it was the other way no, around. No, 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 because we have pretty much all of North America uh-huh. is like us. Uh, South okay. America is pretty much a free-for-all. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. Um, and then most of Europe, except for Great Britain. So we're talking Germany, Italy, France. You're right. So. Most most countries do uh, choose right hand driving. Yes. Right hand of the road, left hand of the car. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Well, I stand anyway, corrected. So I say continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of corrections. Um, but you talked a little bit about getting used to. Uh, driving on our in our way on our side of the roads and stuff. I want to ask you, uh, what was the first car that you purchased when you moved to the states? Ah, oh, a, a uh, 2001 Ford Probe. <laughs> Actually, no, 1998 Ford Probe. Excuse Spoken me. Spoken like a true Holden guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I came over and and uh, I, d- I didn't want to throw a ton of money down on a car, especially you know you that come into sense. a new country, you come into a whole choice of new cars, right? So I said to myself, I don't want to come in and just just pick a car and put some money into it and buy it and whatever. So I, I went down to the lot and, and I moved here with my parents, right? So they, they were buying vehicles as well. And I think dad got a Jetta or something and mom uh-huh. got an Escape or something like that. And I, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just gonna buy something cash and, and drive around on that for a while. So for two grand, I got myself a, a, a 98 Ford Probe V6 in a very lightweight car. I actually very, very happy with that car. Uh, the engine seized on me one day, and that was the end of it. But um, yeah, that was that was my daily driver. Great for great relationships do. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, Ford probes they were they were pretty well known for problems. But um, yeah, that starting was starting with the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I could see why you were attracted to the car. I, I was, I was like a V six in this tiny little thing. Yeah, I'll give that a go. Um, so no, it was, it was a good car. I think I got it with about a hundred thousand on the clock um, when I got it, and uh, it was my daily driver for nice. two years. That does. So for a shine culture, is it more like what's a, what would be like a typical vehicle? Like here in America, we have what you have your um, your um, 
you know, you're like, not hot rods, but like uh, you have um, you know, Ford and Chevy, but you would have like a midsize car that has a V6 in it. That's a typical car here. And now I would say we're typically what? Now we're in the, the years of the small SUV. Yeah, with like a, a little turbo on a four-cylinder. Yeah, and yeah, and that's where we're at. So what would be like so typical it's, in it's, it's pretty similar down there. So so for the longest time, it was the, the common family car was either a Holden Commodore or a Ford Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of similar size to a Ford Taurus back in the days for you guys. Um, generally, they'd come with a V6. They'd have a V8 option. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was the go for years. And then the same sort of thing happened in Australia uh, that happened here except – more more euro trashes i'd say yes. <laughs> so um you know i mean ford stopped manufacturing in australia in what 2016 i think it was yep holden was right holden. behind them yep. in 2017 um they're obviously still brands down there but everything is imported now and it's and it's all sort of gone to that same thing so it's a smaller vehicle or even if it's a large vehicle it's usually a four cylinder with a turbo or v6 is the biggest option that you can mm-hmm. do um and and getting into a v8 you're you're sort of moving more into the luxury slash sports uh, category now, um, and now it's it's a mixture of everything. It's it's everything from Hyundai, as we'd say, or Hyundai, however you guys say it, uh, Nissan or Nissan, Nissan, <laughs> um, <laughs> Nissan, Peugeots. There's a ton of Peugeots, Peugeots down there, yeah. um, and then you know whatever whatever Holden and, and Ford are bringing in is is their rebrands now from from Europe and and. Um, Australia and has a couple of cars that I I am um, jealous that they have that the United States does not get. Well, some you, of them are the some of the are the Utes some of, for one. Well, what's that? Utes for one. Oh yeah. yeah, well Utes big time. I mean, obviously that, that's a huge thing. I I didn't know if Holden still was making. What's that one that that car? Oh, that truck one that I showed you. What's that one called? With the flat back, it basically looks like an El Camino, just nicer. What is I don't know. I, don't know what it, I, like I mean, it, was it a Commodore it's, Ute? It's a V8. It had a V8 on it. It could be a Commodore Ute. It yeah. might be. But was, it, it, might it be. was flat on the back? Yeah. Like, like it It was just like a... It had a truck. Mm. Oh, it looked like a pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's the Ute. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like the SSU. But do they still... But does Holden... So Holden just brings them in? Because so I don't know where the else they sell them. Yes. That one? Yes, yes, that one. So for yeah, more, that's for a Commodore Ute. Yeah. yeah, so that's Commodore Ute. Um, I, you know, the simple answer is I don't know. I think Holden is. I thought Ford stopped making them. Yeah. Because um, Ford had the uh, the XRs, I think they were, yeah. um, mm. which is basically the equivalent to the to the Commodore Ute. Um, but right. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I know that they're still popular down yeah. there. So if, if you've got one that's one of the older years that was right. made in Australia, they're, yeah. they're actually holding their value really well. Um, but I'm huh. not sure if they're making them anymore. Holden, Holden, the value. Holden, the value. Holden, uh, Holden's value. Yeah. Uh, Ford now is selling the Ranger Raptor, which is a mid-sized truck that is got a V6. Yeah, how, uh, no, they but get the V8. Gonna, how do you guys get throw, the V8? They're gonna throw a V8 in it. How do you how do you get the V8? Yeah, you guys get a V8 Ranger Raptor, and I thought this was the land. Oh, of the did free. they release it as a V8 down there? Yeah, they're going yeah, to. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. jealous. So you're moving back? <laughs> Maybe. Me too. <laughs> put, well, me, I mean, put me in your suitcase. To, to answer your question, Graham, you, you guys you guys got a couple of Australian cars, right? So you had the Pontiac GTO. I think yep. that was 04 to 06, maybe? Yeah, and that was a Holden-based car. Holden that, so that was, that was a Mar- Mar- Monaro, but they changed out the engine to the uh, the LS2, right? Yep. Out of the Corvette. Yeah. So my dad had one of those here for about a year. Um, awesome car. It was nice to see an Australian body right. uh, rolling around the streets here. Obviously, they converted it to well, that's how the other side of the hill and yeah, left yeah. hand, you yeah. know. 
Um, but you know, you had that, and then I think the Pontiac G8, correct? G8, yep, yep, was the essentially the rebranded Commodore, mm-hmm. um, and then Pontiac just decided to stop making cars altogether. So that that sort of ended that. Trip. There was a little thing called 2008, 2009 that happened. Fun that is for, true. Fun for yeah. Yeah. GM. Fun for, fun for GM and all of their subsidiaries. Right. Fun for everyone. <laughs> and then sure. um, what else was there? There was oh, so Isuzu bought uh, brought over. Oh, a, that's right. They I brought remember. over the, the rodeo or the rodeo, yeah. as the Australians mm. would call it. <laughs> the that rodeo. Was, yeah, the Rodeo. Rodeo. The Rodeo was a fantastic <laughs> looking car. I get it makes sense. Hey, you want to go for a Rodeo drive? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sexier. Oh god. <laughs> yes, Jeff, it does. You are I'm willing to correct. pay double for a Rodeo drive. <laughs> when I am a rodeo just a rodeo. Drive? Hey, there's there's some people that really like broke back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Graham. Is Graham is Graham fired again? Yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> He's turning down my mic at the moment. Yeah, he right. is. That's <laughs> oh, for what the else, What else do you have? All right. So, yes. so to, uh, to sort of follow on from what we've been talking about with the Australian, uh, you know, motorheads down there, if yeah. you will. Um, so we've all got to have a place to meet. Right. Uh, and cause trouble as usual. Um, so they had what they used to call the Easternats. And they also had the summer nats, and that's still going. Um, but the Easter nats were in Melbourne, where I came from. So basically, they're, they're amateur races and amateur events um, that you can enroll your own vehicle in. Obviously, you have uh, a lot of um, professional vehicle shop and stuff mm-hmm. like that for shows mm-hmm. as well. But um, it, was, it was all very driven around the amateur builder. Um, so they would have you know burnout competitions. They'd have races. They'd do car cruises at night so everybody get in their cars and drive around the city yep. and stuff yep. like that. Um, and, and so they had Easter Nats in, in Australia uh, while I was there. And then apparently in I think it was 2008 or 2009, it got so out of control that between the, the council or the, the city – uh, the police and the the people in the neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, they got it shut down. Mm. That then turned into a riot. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, <laughs> so, like, basically everybody that used to go to East and that decided to riot in the city and, and break a bunch of things and act like hooligans as they are. Um, but they still have summer nats. So the other one we used to go to was we would we would drive up to Canberra every year. Okay. And we would go to Summonats. And if we had a vehicle that you didn't want to really want to drive there, we'd tow it. Um, and that's a whole other story about Australians towing stupid things with <laughs> little cars. Um, I love it. I'll show you some photos of that one. But, um, but, yeah, we would tow the vehicles up there or we'd drive the vehicles up there. Um, and, and we'd go to these competitions. And there were three, four-day, um, you know, long weekend competitions, usually right at the beginning of the year. So, um, you know, January 2nd through January 4th mm-hmm. or 5th or something like that. And then – Oh, and uh, congratulations to Mike. Mm-hmm. Apparently, oh, he's nice. leaving to go to the hospital to see his Mike kid. from Parental Composure yep. is on his way to the hospital uh, to welcome another life into this world. It's funny, funny how he runs a podcast called Parental Composure, and now he's off to have another. Well, let's hope he's composed. <laughs> I was going to say, and he, he looked fairly composed. He did he this morning. Yeah. This yeah. morning, he was pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty calm cool and cool but, but congratulations to him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, so if you want to hear all about the trials and tribulations of newborn and w- looking over newborn go check uh, yeah. out their podcast get a, feeling get a feeling that's coming up on the also also on our now.com anyway sorry mike didn't no you're good you're good actually josh cut us off yeah it was a good interruption what kind of producer are you josh <laughs> cutting us off yeah no i, I, I I'll, I'll give it to you this time it was it was a good interruption the rest of them though the rest yeah the rest of them let's just cut the cord on his mic that sounds like <laughs> a great time. idea he's got us all shut off <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. So but anyway, back yeah, to so, the so summer nats. Um, so so my favorite was always the burnout competitions, and the whole the whole goal of that is to create as much smoke as possible and destroy your tires and nice. the rest of your vehicle as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, so that was always awesome. You'd get flicked with really hot rubber oh, and you couldn't yeah, breathe, and you know, <laughs> the, the it's the finer things in life. Did you know that <laughs> the they, they actually they made tires? That's what and you're maybe into. it was for only sports bikes, but I saw this uh, this tire company because. I'm looking at doing an entire episode here. And uh, they made these tires that if you burned them out to a certain, like you had to get them to a certain temperature, but they could turn in blue smoke, purple smoke, orange smoke, and you can have your burnout have different smoke color. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I don't, okay? I don't <laughs> use rubbers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, Seriously, we I need to his mic. Graham, Graham, just like the voices in your head, when he's in your head, you don't need to necessarily repeat everything Thank they you. say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about galoshes. I don't know where your, your oh, guys' okay. heads are at. Or Crocs. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so uh, I, I, I think... I never saw it, but I'm pretty sure I've seen videos of that. Um, and it may, very may well have been... Summon or something I, like that, where they pull like color smoke yep, came out, yep. mm-hmm. sort of at the last part of yeah. the of the burnout. So is this like once a year, or is this like yeah? So so summer nuts is once a year, and it's it's summer for us, which is the opposite for you guys, right? right? So um, mm-hmm. in in January, you know, or you know, Christmas, you guys sit around the fire, we sit around the air conditioner. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be summer nuts, and then we would have Easter nuts, obviously for Easter. Um, and that was sort of our, our, you know, we don't only have to wait once a year. We can we can get something right, else, right. And, and that's why I think when they took it away, it was it was such a. So was it sure. the drinking or was it the like road racing? What was the what was um, the main? I, I would say it was a combination of, of everything. Both, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, obviously drinking and Australians sort of go hand in hand. Um, but I, I think it was a lot of you know because it, it was at Sandown, right? And Sandown was in a in a, a neighborhood, if you will. I mean, obviously the track's pretty distance from houses and stuff but um if you take a really loud vehicle out on the streets in the middle of the night uh you're going to go through a neighborhood and i I think it was a lot of that right people you know the show would finish for the night right uh, everybody jump in their cars and then everybody go hooning around the streets and and causing a bunch of trouble so i think it was a lot of that but um i think just in general um you know some of the general public doesn't like that many young hooligans getting together mm. in one place mm-hmm. um so i think that might have had something to do with it obviously the cops having to deal with some of the the rowdy people um you know for those four days might have been a little tolling on them so i, I think it was just a huge combination of things and it, it just took the neighborhood and the council and and the cops all sort of going yeah no none of us like this let's, <laughs> let's stop yeah, this <laughs> um but yeah like i said it created riots because these are these are the guys that this was their outlet right they mm-hmm. they build these cars and twice a year it'd, it'd either go to summer nats or to eastern nats and uh and, and they spent their lives, if you will, uh, building around these sorts of shows and, and not necessarily summer nats and Easter nats, but right. other shows are, are around, you know, around town and around the country throughout the year. So to have something like that taken away that they always look forward to, I think, um, was, was what really triggered that response. Hmm. Well, let me know if they started back up again. Well, so I mean, that way I can buy a house in that neighborhood. Cause right. <laughs> I'd love to see that's where you want to live. Yeah. I reckon they- I could get a great, I could get a bargain. Yeah, well, I'm being hey, being, a, being a racetrack. Um, you know, there's stuff going on all year, so you can yeah, you can perfect. catch all sorts of events. Um, it, it was it was it was really really I really enjoyed Easter Nats every year, even though it was a little a little rowdy at times. Definitely. Um, speaking of racing in Australia, I gotta ask you: Have you ever been to the Melbourne Grand Prix? I've never been to the Grand Prix, but the radio station I worked for back in the day, um, you could look out the studio window and see the track. Oh, really? Um, so, and you could. The funny thing was, we had a fully soundproof. 
uh, studio and the days that the races were happening, uh-huh. you could hear the cars in the microphones. Oh, There's cool. nothing we could do about it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, but it was, it was pretty incredible. So, no, I never went to a race. Obviously, watched them on TV almost every year. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Schumacher days is, is sort of sure. when I was watching it. Um, but we, we could see it and hear it clearly from the, from the station. So I'd have every excuse to go up on the roof and check the antennas um, and then just sort of sit up there for a couple of hours with a beer in my hand and, and watch the races. So, um, yeah, no, I've never been, but, um, but got to see it from a distance a number of years. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's on my bucket list. I would definitely want to go oh, you do to it. the Melbourne Grand Prix. Um, yeah, it seems like a great time. Um, speaking of other road races that go on down there, I'm not sure if you're familiar or not yet, but another one on my bucket list is the Targa Tasmania. Do you know yeah. anybody that races in the Targa? So or? I don't know anyone that races in that. Um, I don't actually know. I don't have many mates down in, in Tassie, but um, I'd, I'd obviously have heard of it. I've seen videos of it, but um, no, I've, I've never been. And okay. I'd, I'd say when you go to check that one off your bucket list, Pack me in your suitcase because I'll, <laughs> I'll come check that one out too. All right, Josh, you heard it. We have an excuse to go to Australia. We Done. need three oh, tickets. Oh, all Done. expenses paid. All yeah. expenses paid yeah. to Finally. Melbourne. <laughs> and we'll just we'll take video cameras yeah. and we'll we'll get some great footage and do some interviews and all that. Stuff. It's all about the content. If yeah, you want to see us, go to Australia. Let our bosses know in the comments in the most crude Australian yes. way possible. Yes, oh exactly. man, that could that, say that that. that that could no. uh, that could get you banned from YouTube. I reckon some of those. No, words. it's not us doing it. It's no, but them, that's what I'm saying. I don't want. Th- I don't want them to get banned. No, no, exactly. It's I just think. the Australian way, though. It is. You can't offend Australians. Oh, you can't. It's unless, very, very difficult to offend right. Australians. Well, you have to do like you. You have to do harm to you your friends or family. You have to insult their car. Insult their car. That'll, that'll oh really? Yeah. That'll pretty much take care of it. God, I love this country. <laughs> This country or that country? Both countries. Yeah, they're but great. Yeah. I, want, I want to live in a place where they have big hooligan car meets and utes. And if the only way you offend we somebody is We have it here. It's called NASCAR. Sure, <laughs> which Daytona is next weekend. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> hey, do you know anybody Hey, hold on. Before we go into this, I, this is actually something that I don't know, and I would like you to oh. explain it to me. What is this Targo Tasmania? The Targo Tasmania. Yes. So there are a um, – f- well – how do I put this? Is this like the This Baja? is something that we don't much get in the States, but it is a, a race, an all-out race on public roads, the public roads of Tasmania. Got it. So they close down the roads, and they run a bunch of you know, Porsches and uh, Japanese cars to the max. And uh, Is it just road version of cars? It's kind of like, like the – it's kind of like the um, – it's almost like a legal gumball. Gumball, yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they close down the roads, and these guys – you know, like racing of old, you know, well-to-do. And it's, um, and it's open forum too, right? Like you can take any vehicle into it. I, I, th- I haven't done too much research into it, but I think you or I could work our way to behind the, you know, into a driver's seat of one yeah, of those cars. I mean, I it's kind of like the, I like to compare it to the um, La Carrera Panamericana. Okay. Which I don't know if you're familiar with. Yeah, uh, yeah. That one's in Mexico. Right. I think this one's just um, similarly, similar, but down in Tassie. So... Yeah, which would be super like cool it. to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, I know you. We were just talking about NASCAR mm-hmm. a little bit. Yes. Uh, another racing series we could mention in Australia is uh, V8 Australian Supercars. V8 Supercars. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, does I'm not super familiar with it. I actually have a friend who works on the marketing side of things um, down there. Down there. Oh, in V8 Supercars. 
Yeah, yeah. He lives in, in Brisbane, and he used to work for um, V8 Supercar. I'm not entirely sure what he did. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seems interesting. Uh, is it a big to-do down there? Like, is it popular? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, I, it I would, seems popular. I would compare it to Daytona for you guys. You know, it's like if, if you're a gearhead, it's the day everybody stops and, and either goes over to a mate's house and watches it. Or, oh, okay. Or you go to it or something like that. So, so for, for – and I'd, I'd say the Grand Prix is pretty similar as well. But V8 Supercar is a whole other story, right, because you're talking about – Cars that you can production cars, that you yeah. Can go cars get. that you can drive on the road. Well, I mean, not these built, yes. But yeah, you, you know, cars that that you see driving on the road every day, mm-hmm. and uh, and they've been hotted up and modded up to uh, to be the best of the best. Um, so it's it's it, and and it was always very Holden and Ford in the forefront right, of it, yeah. right? So I think that was a lot of the driving uh, force behind people being so excited about it. But um, yeah, to, you know, to see the did see Holden the, start out as an Australian. Company and then they started building cars in Australia, or was it like a subsidiary? And then they just wanted to sell cars there. And then so I I might get this wrong, and then we'll get some angry comments about it. But as far as I understand, GM wanted to come into Australia Mm -hmm. um, and start doing vehicles down there. But at the time, it was way too expensive to build them here and ship them. Yeah. So they came in under another brand, Holden, and then uh, that's sort of it's it's always been a GM company. But I think it almost went independent there at one point. I'm not I'm not sure of the full story, and I'll bet you someone can can write it up in a in a comment. Uh, and explain it better than I can, but um, I've always known Holden to to have GM behind it. Yeah, I know that whole. Uh, I know that Holden. I know that GM dropped it as like one of their main subsidiaries, but I know that they still had like a contracts with them, so they right. still were like fulfilling until you said like 2016 or 2017. I know they stopped making cars there, but they were still fulfilling some like parts and other things like that. But Holden, I think, did was. Maybe some other capital fund came in or something like that, but it was basically it was off of the GM brand branding. So. Well, and, and and some of the later vehicles there in Australia were on GM platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that too. So uh, th- they were always connected in some way. I don't know, you know, the initial launch into Australia, but as far as I understood it, it was always GM, and it was just branded as holding because they wanted to have. Uh, you know, a separate brand, yeah. a separate division down there. I just know that it's it's huge, and I know that, you know, the few Australian friends that I've had, um, one of the big things is this, the culture of, you know, Holden versus Ford was a big thing. Um, it was, you know, it's here, it's Chevy versus Ford, so, I mean, it's just one of those things that I think those always help car cultures is when you can have some competition and, you know, one side is really strong for their team and the other side is just the same. So I always find that interesting when you go over into talk about other car cultures. Well, you can say that three times fast. Um, but, <laughs> like, the, the, it was just very interesting because the, the times that I've talked to people about car culture there, it was, yes, tuners are huge. And now it's even especially tuners are huge because that's all that you guys are getting is, like, these imports coming in. So um, I, I just know that there was, like, everyone well this idea that everyone works on their car it was a big thing for for me for australian car culture yeah like a big thing is yeah and 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 uh, you're absolutely right and and the funny thing that's happening in australia right now is is vehicles that are some of those older generations are, are holding the value and becoming more valuable because people don't want to do mm-hmm. the tuna thing they want to stick with the v8 they want to you know work on mm-hmm. an engine that's naturally aspirated or um you know some of the the oldest older style v8 um, supercharged or V6 supercharged, um, and so you're getting all these little 
sort of uh, you know four cylinder turboed up things and and it's uh, it's not at least for some of my mates in Australia it's it's not their their mm-hmm. you know brand of cheese if you will um, <laughs> so and, you, uh, and they're they're trying to buy up all the, the old V8s and stuff and yeah. all the old Commodores and stuff because that's what they want to work on right would you go more Japanese or would you go more like European German? N- nowadays. Yeah. Uh, well, I drive a Volkswagen Golf R, so, um, okay. so yeah. that, that's that's going to be very. German. And, and and what's your other car? Okay, okay. So this is this is the other Spill thing it. about the, about the <laughs> so thing about the culture thing, right? So uh, when I moved here, I, I jumped into the truck culture, um, and and I was really into Fords, F one fifties, F two fifties. Really got into diesels. Such a Holden guy. Let me tell you. I know. I know. I don't know what happened to me. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, you I went I, to the dark side for a I while. I don't know. I wasn't, okay. I wasn't going the GM route just because it was tied to Holden. Right. Um, but I'm actually, I'm a, I have a Dodge Dually 3500 now um, <laughs> with the with the big boy Cummins mm. and the four five ratio, so I can pull about thirty thousand pounds, and I feel very manly in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's and then and then I step out of that and I step into my Volkswagen <laughs> Golf. Uh, which I could drive over with my Dodge. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting transitioning. And the funny thing is my wife and I were talking about the other day, we somehow ended up with two identical gray vehicles. I don't oh. know if you've noticed that, but the Dodge and the Golf Park right next to each other are always the same <laughs> the color. The same color. And it was not the intention at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now, nowadays I, I always like Volkswagen. I always love you know, the Golf line, the GTIs and, and all that sort of stuff. Excellent cars. Had one, okay. yeah. had one here for a, a year and a bit and then had a kid. Uh, and that was a two-door GTI. Oh, nice. So uh, car seat in the GTI was not cool. Although <laughs> the kid loved it. I mean, I'd take off in that thing and she'd be like, wah! <laughs> um, but now that she's older, um, you know, we, we were trading up one of the cars and I was like, you know what? I want, I want the Golf back. back. Yeah. And uh, and so I went back to the Golf and I'm super happy with it. It's unbelievably powerful. I mean, it's it's a tiny little engine with a fat boy turbo on it. So it's, yep. it's a bit laggy. But um, still yeah. enough to get you in trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely so, enough so. to get you in trouble, and and uh, I can smoke my friends with their WRXs, so I'm pretty happy about that. And in your defense, I know you do have a big fifth wheel that you tow with your. I do, I do, so. yeah. So I've got a seventeen thousand pound fifth wheel that, that yeah. the Dodge tows around. Actually, I was towing that stupid thing with a, uh, a F two fifty. Uh, 6.0, if, if you know that fantastic <laughs> diesel the, engine that Ford came up with there in 2006. Mm. Um, so <laughs> we pulled it around with that for a while, which is a little over the rating limit of that truck. But then again, you know, Australians will we'll pull a camper like that with a sedan. Yeah, so. that's true. That is one thing I did notice about last time I was down there. You'd see these, ex- these huge caravans yep. being towed by a, a car, yep. pretty much. Yep. I'm like... Yeah, we uh, we like, used to go camping every year uh, when I was when I was growing up, and we we had some mates that had this this old caravan. It must have been in pounds, probably like twelve thousand pounds bumper pull. That's a camper for you, America. That's a camper caravan, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, that they, yeah, they pull that thing around with their Commodore station wagon. Ooh. Unbelievable! And if I I think I remember correct, we were talking a little bit earlier before the show. You actually still own some cars back in Australia, I don't do. you? Um, so I. I they're, with, they're, with, they're either with family or they're in storage. Uh, the ones in storage I won't go into, but um, <laughs> yeah, I've got, a, I've got a couple of vehicles back there. I have a, uh, an R32 Skyline, actually. Which Josh, is in, which is in, which is we in, need to go. Which to is in Australia. pieces, so if you were to come, it will be a let's rebuild it party. <laughs> um, but that one's, it's, it's actually in good, the engine's really in good condition. It's, uh, it's, it's all the body. So it was basically in an accident. Um, it, it got 
what you guys would call a salvage title. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, there's no way. Like, this is mostly body damage and cosmetic, and, and all the innards are really good. So there's no way I'm letting this one go to the junkyard. So I, uh, I bought that up and stuck that in storage. And Excellent. It's sitting on the farm right now. And, uh, yeah, i got a couple other vehicles down there. Um, but um, they're, just, they're either basic vehicles that the family drives around mm-hmm. in or they're uh, – they're, they're works of art, if you will. They're sitting in storage <laughs> waiting for me to come back and finish them one day. I, you know, this, it's funny because I was like, I want to put one of these on a, like in a container and ship it over here yeah. and work on it over here. Do you have any idea how expensive that is? I've never like looked I, into I, it. I, I said to myself, you know what would make sense? I'll bring the skyline over, right? Because it's so sought after that it's the yeah. original build and everything. Nope. It's not old enough, so I can't fall under the 25-year the rule. 25-year, yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, and it's, it's just the, the cost of doing it and, and getting it over here and not being forced to change it Ooh. to left-hand drive uh, is, is such an amount of paperwork. And it's, it, unless you, it's, it's one of those you've got to know people to know people to sort of get right. it done. So. Uh, but, yeah, there's some cars sitting back there. And if you guys ever make it down, we'll, we'll do a tour one day. And oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. I well, like definitely. that. I like that. Josh, how much time do we have left for we have three minutes and 30 seconds left. Is Are there any odd Australian car slang terms oh, yeah, that you know off the top car of your slang. head? Like the, the one that pops into my head is hoon. Hoon, um, okay. So, so they actually have laws written around this called the hoon law. <laughs> um, and so if you, if, you, if you get pulled over for speeding and you're over a certain speed, uh-huh. uh, it falls under the hoon law and you lose your vehicle. Oh, okay. Wait, you um, lose your vehicle? Oh, yeah. Not your license. No, you, you, you lose your license too. Um, they, but yeah, they take you, they, they essentially impound Sounds your like vehicle marriage. for, uh, for a period of time. I don't know what period that is, but yeah, like if I, if I was doing, you know, 25, 30 Ks over the speed limit, <laughs> which would be, you know, like 20 miles, 21 <laughs> miles for you guys, um, that, that will, that will be the hoon law and, uh, and that'll be say bye bye car for a while. I just, uh, accidentally just uh, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, um, but my thought is this, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking Australia is like the Wild West, and now I hear all these law things that you have. In some regards, and now I'm like, it is, and others, like, right. not so But if much. you take into consideration yeah. the stupid things we do to cars, um, yeah. then they have to create these laws around our stupidity. Oh, trust me. I've looked up cars from Australia and like the tuner stuff. See, like I'd, I'd say I drive cars at 160 kilometers an hour like yeah, a champion. Right. But because the dude next to me couldn't do it, mm. I'm not allowed to do it anymore. Mm. See? So yeah. it's, you know, one person has to ruin I'm it for sad. the rest of us. I'm sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's that's where a lot of this came from, right? Because we're, we're such gearheads down there that we, we would make these cars that would do 1,000 horsepower at the wheels. And, right. and then we'd take them out on the street. So. You know, Mike, I think it is only right and natural. I mean, yes, I agree. Yes. do Be safe and drive under the correct laws but i mean i i drive 100 there's, on the highway all the time here there's a crazy Easily. amount of speed cameras down there too yeah what i reckon they're they're everywhere and you won't even know it's there right it'll be it'll be like a like a, a 71 dutson sitting on the side of the road and there'll be a little camera built into <laughs> the bumper and uh and sometimes you won't even know you got your photo taken until the ticket shows up so yeah it's uh it's either that or there's a cop sitting around every corner mm. and and you really you just well. you don't speed down there and you know, they say that the, what they're saying is the speed limit is the speed limit. Mm-hmm. So yep. if you're doing two kilometers over, you can get a ticket. Correct. So they say if you don't want to get a ticket, do under the speed limit. Yep, definitely. Can confirm. All right. Well, I think Josh is indicating that we are out of time. Uh, so mean. Real quick on that note, I just want to say if you want to drive fast, save it for the Targa. Yeah. Or uh, the, the or other. Or the Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, otherwise, 
drive the speed limit and take in all of Australia's beautiful sights, the Great Ocean Road, which we did not get to get to, mm-hmm. is one of the best places to drive in the world. But we'll have to save that for another time. Uh, I think that about wraps it up, guys. Yep. Josh, I just want to say thank you for keeping our fluids topped off this whole entire time and for not falling asleep this time. Um, we appreciate it when <laughs> you know. stay awake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm getting the finger. He's now giving us the one <laughs> finger salute. Meaning, uh, hurry up. This exactly. Exactly. Sorry. He's ready to get out of here. Uh, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, um, thanks for giving us cars to test. It's, it's We look forward to it. Um, it's one of the most enjoyable parts of our job. And ourcommunitynow.com, which gives us our platform to voice our opinions and talk more mm-hmm. about cars. Uh, if you want to hear more, feel free to tailgate us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, and like I said, Our Community Now. And don't forget the uh, annual Family Fest in Denver. All you have to do is go to eventbrite.com, search Family Fest to get your tickets. Act now, the day of the event. Uh, tickets are $15, but if you do it now, um, they're only 10 uh, Or if you use the promo code, which Josh is now going to remind me of, OCN half, you can get those tickets for five. Um, so, yeah, that should be pretty cool. There's going to be uh, – you can take selfies with Clifford, uh, free kids' activities, vendors' prizes, stage presentations, and more. Kids are free. Ooh. So Sounds like a, a good inf- time. If, if you didn't get all that information, just start this thing over. With an adult paid ticket. If you didn't get all that information, just start this thing we over. We probably could just jam that into our little article thing that we put a shout Yeah, out we can always put it in the article too. Yeah. And Graham, did you I, have I a do have. I do, I do want to make sure. We do have a lot of podcast listeners, so I want the podcast listeners to get a little shout out here. Um, podcast, listen, podcast listeners, if you haven't done so, please go to YouTube and check us out. Um, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. And then once you subscribe to the channel, make sure you smash that little bell thing um, because that gives us some notifications uh, that gives you notifications on when and new video comes out and you can actually look at all of our other videos or you can just click our videos to go ahead and get um, if you're on your phone make sure you go into your settings and switch on notifications it really helps us and we really appreciate it cool well thank you mike for joining us absolutely and thank all of you for listening to another gasoline episode of ocn drives peace